The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball NBA DFS Today podcast. Today is Monday, February 10th. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am excited to join you today, and I appreciate each one of you for tuning in uh, to discuss a really great nine-game main slate uh, for this evening. Should be an outstanding slate. Um, a, re- a couple of reminders before we get started. <clears throat> you may notice I, I may cough or uh, adjust my throat or take a sip of coffee during the show today. I am fighting a pretty nasty uh, chest cold. So you can knock the coach down, but not for long. I'm, I'm not going to miss uh, miss my chance to, to share some basketball stuff here. So I apologize in advance <clears throat> if my voice is not as clear as normal. Uh, hopefully as we go, uh, it'll get better. A um, couple other things today. I wanted to add a few little pieces of information in on the front side of the broadcast and love to get feedback from everybody uh, on Twitter and uh you know, if you're listening on iTunes or if it's on uh, YouTube, whatever way you listen to our show, uh, or certainly tweet me directly, uh, I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And uh, yeah, I'm going to add some statistics in at the beginning that I think are important. I mean, we're I was planning on launching some of this stuff uh, next week after the All-Star break. But I figured what I would do is introduce some of it this week and see what the response was from all of our listeners. If they like it or they don't like it or they want more or less, uh, this way uh, I can uh, get with the other three pros and sort of introduce this uh, to them so that uh, we're giving you the best of the best. And, and you know, that's, that's our goal, goal here. Uh, we take a lot of pride in this NBA uh, DFS podcast that we do every day. And we are seven days a week. Uh, And, uh, you know, that's all uh, coming to you uh, above the, in front of the paywall. And it, you know, we're hoping that we give you everything that you need uh, to really put together some fantastic lineups. Uh, I'm also going to introduce uh, next week, possibly putting together a starting five for FanDuel and DraftKings uh, for you guys uh, to work off of to sort of give you not just um, all this information, but to at least give you a core group uh, of who the pros like on our side as well. uh, And that, you know, you can use them, pivot from them, but at least it gives you even more of a core to start with as you build. And remember, I, I know I mentioned this on every show, but it's because we get seem to be getting more and more listeners, and I want them to to understand how we we do things here. And it's really a three step process that has been winning at uh, more than a seventy five percent winning percentage, uh, cashing in in uh, at least at minimum in the fifty fifties each night. So it allows you to really build a bankroll, and that system is. Uh, some of the pros will record the night before and it'll come out late that night or first thing in the morning. And then you have all day to listen to it, taking all that information for me, when I do the solo pods or Mike and I do the Saturday show, we do it in the morning so that, uh, we have a little bit more updated, uh, lines, you know, spreads and, uh, totals and player news. So, uh, that's why today, Monday, um, I'm coming to you uh, here Monday morning, so you have the day. So the first step is listening to the pod- podcast, building out, you know, sort of a, an idea of what you're looking at as far as the amount of games, you know, who the good good spots and fade spots are, and then uh, the second piece is following the news 
throughout the day. And you can do that a multitude of ways. Uh, and these are the ways I would recommend. Uh, follow the four pros on Twitter. Uh, I'm at, as I mentioned, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Mike is at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. We have uh, Andrew at Language Olympic and Miles at M-Y-L-E-S 6565. Also can go to hoop-ball.com, click on forms, and then the DFS thread, and you will fall, follow all the information uh, by Andy Gallagher, who does a great job, <clears throat> and our other DFS pros who are posting news, uh, scratches, minutes restrictions, coach talk, everything goes up on there. So you want to uh, pay attention to that and and just really follow the uh, our Twitter feeds and that will start narrowing things down and uh, you know, you'll see sort of the process that we go through when we build our lineups. So um, that's the second part. And then the third part is, and I mention this all the time, but it's key is you have to be in front of your computer or laptop or phone or wherever you're putting in your DFS lineups and getting your information uh, that last 30 minutes before lock. Uh, Cause you have to see the late scratches you know, there's always a lot of games generally that start uh, at at seven Eastern. Like tonight, there's three of them, and you have in the NBA, you have to put your starting lineups out 30 minutes before the game. So uh, we'll have we'll know all six of those teams' starting lineups. That's a help. Uh, and then any other player news that comes out because it is so competitive. You you all know that man. It is really competitive. So if you make one huge mistake and start a guy that, uh, you know, is on a minutes restriction and you didn't know it or whatever the case may be, uh, it's hard to dig out of that hole, whether it's cash or GPPs. So it's important. Follow those three steps, hang with us, and uh, we're going to help you be extremely successful in this uh, world of NBA DFS. And, uh, you know, the other cool thing is, you know, we're the only year-round you know, 12 months a year, we're, we're on the here talking to you, talking, talking you through stuff. And we're going to continue to do that. Um, the, uh, we'll be covering obviously, uh, whatever's available this coming weekend at the all-star game. We'll see what the, they're going to put out there. Usually they do something for at least the main all-star game on Sunday. Then we have the whole second half, all of the playoffs, we also have the uh, NBA Summer League, which I'll be there in person, uh, and then the Olympics, which I wish I was going to be at, because uh, there's, you know, we we crushed FIBA last year. That was a huge uh, plus. Uh, you know, we built a, a huge the, the bankroll we built in FIBA and in the preseason has been just it was just phenomenal. And I think it's because there's no not really much information out there. Uh, all the other services even the paid ones are focused on baseball and and everything else and and really put basketball way on the back burner but we don't we're 12 months a year we're going to be bringing this forward to you uh through the summer league through the olympics through the entire preseason uh which you know we had 15 wins during uh this past preseason so anyway just for all of the new people i want to wrap that up a little bit since uh, I'm going to be doing a few additional things today uh, on the cart. So as we get started, uh, what I've been doing, and it seems to really be a uh, big help, is uh, going through this initial player news for the day so that when we start breaking down these games, uh, we're realizing who's out, who's in, and who's questionable. So let's begin there today. Um before I do that, though, let me. I want to thank our presenting sponsor, MyBookie. Uh, go to mybookie.ag, put in the promo code today, T O D A Y, and they will give you half of your total first deposit uh, free money. So, all the way up to $1,000. So, you put $2,000 in, they're giving you $1,000 free bucks to, to play on MyBookie. So, it is a fantastic deal. They're the best in the industry as far as customer service and payout. So really strongly recommend going to mybookie.ag. 
also a sponsor for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Uh, that is what is getting me through this sore throat and chest cold to be able to do this show. Uh, just uh, made a, a fresh cup prior to starting. Uh, what I do is I jump on Amazon, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. Uh, within three clicks, it's done, and it is at my door with the uh, Andrew Hansen gold clip on the on the top of it waiting for you. So uh, definitely uh, would highly recommend them. Okay, the player news today, it's not as bad as it's been some days. There are nine games, so... I assume that this is going to expand probably by three as far as this list goes. Uh, you know, another mental note I wanted to mention, the NBA releases uh, updated player news every afternoon at 1.30 p.m., and then all of the different services update their information from there. So generally we do this show, like I say, the night before or in the morning, so we don't have that, that second flight of information. Uh, you know, right now it's it's 11:30 in the morning, so I do have a good group of them. But just as a reminder, it's always good to recheck in the afternoon after 1:30 p.m. Eastern, and then again follow it throughout the day. Okay, uh, injury news, player news here. George Hill is out tonight for Milwaukee against Sacramento. Uh, the big one is Giannis is questionable. Uh, you know, he is a new addition of the report this morning, um, which certainly changes everything in the entire slate if he plays or doesn't play. Uh, they are a double-digit favorite over Sacramento, uh, so there is the potential that he may sit. Um, if he does, then, you know, again, we got to talk Middleton and all that stuff. So that's going to be very, very important to follow throughout the day. Uh, Anthony Davis, as always, is listed as probable, which I think that has to be a stunt at this point because uh, he is always listed on here either as probable or questionable. So I don't know if that's just because that's the way his career has gone or if they're just uh, messing with us. But he is uh, in that 12.5-point favorites against the Suns, 75% probable to play, which generally means he's going to play. All right, we've got some guys that are out. Michael Porter Jr. is out. Will Barton is out. Dario Saric remains out. And then here's another massive one. DeAndre Ayton is questionable, which would really hurt the, the Suns versus the Lakers. And I would assume with that, that big, fat 12-and-a-half spread, uh, it sounds like Vegas isn't expecting him to play. Uh, according to this, he has a sore ankle. Uh, so certainly something to uh, keep an eye on. If he doesn't play, that game could blow out. Uh, you know, we could have a secret squirrel pick and check Diallo. He may slide in and get some minutes at somewhat of a minimum price, if not the minimum. So let's uh, keep an eye on that news. Uh, Draymond, Draymond Green has been ruled in. He is going to play tonight uh, against Miami. Jabari Parker is questionable, so that's an upgrade for him. He's been out multiple games, um, so he is 50-50 right now to play again that Bucks game. Um, so that is something to keep uh, an eye on too, since he was on the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, that, you know that revenge game is always interesting, especially at Milwaukee. Um, we have Rashawn Holmes still out. Marcus Saul is still out. Kyle Lowry is questionable, and that's obviously huge. I'm generally a plug-and-play Van Vliet, and now even Terrence Davis in play with, with Lowry out. Um, we will see how his progress uh, goes. He had a whiplash from falling. He snapped his neck back a little bit, and I know he was. Uh, they were concerned. So I, I would say... Uh, you know, maybe on the downside of playing for him, but he is listed 50-50. Uh, more, uh, this is another big, huge piece of news. D'Angelo Russell is questionable. So is he going to make his debut against the Raptors tonight? We, you know, we have to wait and see. He is 50-50 still with that quad contusion uh, that was bothering him a bit with the Warriors before they traded him to Minnesota. 
Um, Brandon Knight is questionable, but if you're playing Brandon Knight, please find a new hobby. Uh, my man V Mikhailuk is out uh, for Detroit against the, the Hornets. He's been playing well, but now he misses his fifth straight game with, an, uh, with a hip injury, which is a shame because he was really um, going along pretty well. Markeith Morris should return. He's probable against the Hornets tonight, so that'll be one guy to help inside now that uh, Drummond has moved on to Cleveland. And the last piece of news is Derek Rose is doubtful. Um, it, I read that, uh, and you know, it might not be the case, but I read that they're going to sit him out all this week so that he has this week and the all-star break weekend to get healthy. Uh, Cause you know, he's been dealing with that hip abductor uh, issue. So I would not expect to see Rose uh, the entire week. Okay. Uh, here are the couple of new things I want to throw into the mix. And then we will break down the games one by one and start talking about those. And, you know, again, the, the other thing is for our listeners, I want definitely give me feedback on all this stuff. Uh, I know some people say, I just want to hear about the games, but you know, it's not just about the games. It's about all this other stuff, you know, cause if, if you want just numbers and percentages and you want to just throw it into a cruncher and, multi-enter GPPs and all that, this, you know, that's not really what we do. Uh, you know, for me, I'm a cash player. I build one or two lineups every night and I roll uh, pretty heavy on those. If I like my playing in GPPs as well, but I'm playing 50 fifties and head to heads and single entries. Uh, and I want to build my lineup as you guys know, with the eye test, what's going on, what's the coach talks, what, you know, what are we seeing? What are we hearing? What are the, you know, some of the stats say, cause you do have to study the stats, you know, they don't lie and, and they do help, but it's not them alone. That's where I think uh, the advantage of what we bring forward is different from anybody else because uh, we have that edge of, of seeing it, watching it, feeling it, understanding it. Um, you know, all of our pros do. I mean, I, I coached uh, for 14 years and, you know, my eye is trained to see things uh, a little bit differently than I think a lot of people watch uh, most games. And those small edges of knowing coaches and players and tendencies uh, is really an intangible you cannot put in any cruncher. Um, I'll give one example. I had a fantastic night last night, and uh, the key was I played Westbrook, and he was uh, the lowest ownership I've seen him all year. Uh, he was at 9.1% in my one GPP, which you never, ever get Westbrook in single digits. And the whole reason behind that is I followed Quinn Snyder's career uh, for years. I followed him when he uh, coached Memphis in college basketball all the way through. And I know his tendencies, how he likes to defend players, uh, you know, what his, you know, sort of defensive strategy is and it's a big part of what he's done i mean he was a basketball player himself at duke and then he coached under coach k and then went on to memphis etc etc for for several years now and i know that that they're uh the way he's always coaching the pass is let's take the ball out of their best players hands uh and make them give it up so let's run a double at whoever we need to run a double and then we will adjust i mean that's, you know, classic Coach K and then on down the line. So my feeling was they were going to run doubles at Harden. And as you, if you've watched Harden this year, he doesn't try to fight through and or turn it over. He sees the double running at him. He gets rid of it like super quick uh, and then makes their defense react. And generally what that does is it gets open shots for the additional uh, players of Houston. And last night was just a perfect storm. You had uh, Gordon out with an injury, who takes a lot of shots. They traded Capella and are now playing P.J. Tucker at center, which is in itself a whole other story I could talk about for an hour because how you're planning on winning in the playoffs with a six-foot-four-and-a-half center is beyond me. But anyway, uh, so with all of those things, you know, in tow, the, the, what does it say? Westbrook's going to go bonkers. And uh, 
sure enough, you know, they ran doubles at Harden. Westbrook had a fantastic game, uh, a lot of points, a lot of peripheral stats, and really was a key to, to bringing stuff down. But, you know, you're not going to know that, as I just explained it, by any cruncher or, uh, you know, just looking at stats. And, you know, Utah is a good defensive team. They play fairly slow. There were a lot of reasons why people just looking at all of those things wouldn't want to play him at that expensive price. Uh, you know, he was around 10 grand. And they didn't. That's why he was single digits. But when you look at all those things that I described, it's like, the guy's in the best smash spot of anybody today, and he was terrific. Okay, enough of that. So, again, you know, the feedback's great. And you also, you know, the other thing is you can, being that this is a recorded podcast, you can always fast forward directly to the games if some of this stuff doesn't interest you, or you can re-listen to, to things and take a few notes. But, uh, uh, but here we go. So I want to go over just uh, – a couple of statistical pieces that are super important. I want to talk about uh, each day uh, the the top like five uh, in each of these categories because I think if you key on avoiding the best defensive teams and attacking the worst defensive teams, also really making sure you're looking at pace because you know the top team in pace to the bottom team in pace. We're talking. Uh, over 10, 12 uh, times that you have the ball uh, possessions and that, that you're, will, you're able to do something with it, which translates to 50 or 60 DFS points more for that team within a game. So those are all key. All right, uh, let's talk first about pace. Right now, the top five pace teams in the league, so you want to really – uh, you know, it's generally pace up for the other team, and you got to uh, really look at, at these guys every night. Are Milwaukee, Houston, New Orleans, Atlanta, and Memphis, and Washington is almost tied with Memphis. So that's that's the the quick group: Milwaukee, Houston, the Pelicans, Hawks, Grizz, and Wizards. On the slow side right now, uh, I'll go 25th on down. Indiana playing that half-court set with Sabonis and everybody. Sacramento, which is bizarre because last year they were like second in the league for the entire year in pace, but now Luke Walton's there and they're 26th. Uh, Miami, we know, you know, they're a grind-out defensive half-court team. Orlando, Denver, no surprise, and Charlotte is uh at last, which is a surprise. You would think they'd want to pick up the pace a little bit with those guards, but they're not. So that's something to keep a very close eye on. On the deep team defensive efficiency standpoint, uh, this is interesting as well. Let's give you the top five most defensive efficient teams. This covers all positions. Uh, Milwaukee's number one, Toronto, Austin, the Lakers, Philadelphia, and the Clippers. I'll go with those six. And that's no surprise. If you watch basketball and you probably ask somebody, name the top six defensive teams in the league, it's probably those six. So this is one of those scenarios where the stats don't lie. So it's Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Lakers, Sixers, Clippers. Now on the bottom side, these are the teams to attack. This is where the saliva drips out of the mouth as you're looking at these guys you can play against them. And I'll bulk like seven of them in here, seven because they're close. Uh, Golden State, Portland, Atlanta, San Antonio. Nobody can believe that, but it's true. Charlotte, Cleveland, and then Washington. And Washington is pretty heavily the last. So that is really something uh, you know, it's 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 bonanza when when Washington's playing. And so again, uh, that that bottom group is uh, Warriors, Trailblazers, Hawks, Spurs, Hornets, Cavaliers, and Wizards. All right, and then what I'm going to do on our next show tomorrow, I have a solo show again. Instead of going over pace and team uh, defensive efficiency, tomorrow I'll go over the five positions of how teams guard point guards, shooting guards, small forward, power forward, center. We'll go over like that top five or six 
and bottom five or six in each of those. But I don't want to overwhelm things today, so we'll save that piece uh, for tomorrow. Okay, into the games. First game of the night. It's a 7 o'clock game, uh, Brooklyn Nets at the Indiana Pacers. You have the Pacers, a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and the total is 217-and-a-half. The Pacers are 112 implied, and Brooklyn is 105-and-a-half implied. Um, you know, uh, not a real high total, um, not super pace and fairly good defense, especially on the on the Pacers side. Um, you know, this is not the, the greatest game for me. I do like playing bigs against the Nets. Uh, and I do love Sabonis. And Sabonis is their big. Even though they play Miles Turner, Sabonis really encompasses the the four or five as far as offensive statistics for the Pacers. So Sabonis's price is high. That's the only thing that's a little deterrent when there's 18 teams on the board but i certainly can see him smashing here wouldn't mind playing him uh at all um and definitely have some interest there uh if Ky if Kyrie's out i think dinwiddie's always in play uh maybe this uh, a little concerned about chasing the lavert uh everybody and their brother are going to be on lavert now because he's breaking out and taking a lot of that usage uh, the Kyrie left on the table, but uh, Indiana does guard wings pretty well, and I, I'm going to try to avoid the Levert chalk tonight and and focus more on uh, Sabonis and then uh, Dinwiddie on that side of the ball. Okay, sip of the Hawaiian Isles Kona coffee to keep this throat going for one moment, please. <clears throat> Thank you. Okay, the second five o'clock or five seven. The second seven o'clock game is the Atlanta Hawks at the Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic are eight and a half point favorites. Two nineteen total implied for Orlando. One fourteen. Atlanta one o five and a half. Uh, you know I, I hate playing Orlando games, especially at home. They just are so grinded out. Good defensive, slow paced teams. It's rough, but then it's against Atlanta. So we have the two opposite ends of the spectrum lousy defense fantastic pace so you know we've got the two worlds uh colliding here and uh, you know what it does for me though is is it's such a fantastic pace up game for orlando that those players are much more palatable to me atlanta is going to be stymied a little bit because of the way uh, Orlando defends and how slow they play. So I'm not going to pay the, the monster money for Trey or John Collins tonight. Uh, on the Orlando side, though, I do have some interest. I think, uh, you know, you've got to consider Vukovic in a game like this uh, where he can get up and down the floor and finish. Uh, he's not super athletic, so it's not the perfect spot for him like it would be for a guy like a DeAndre Ayton or something, but he still needs to, to you know, uh, take a look at, uh, you know, where he's at. And if he looks good, also Aaron Gordon has some potential there uh, to do some damage. I'm going to stay away from the guards, though. I think that they're splitting so much time right now. Uh, we're really with a four-guard rotation with Fournier, obviously uh, Fultz, and uh, – Augustine, but now uh, Michael Carter-Williams is really in the mix. He's been playing great, but all four of those guys, you know, 27, 25, 28 minutes, it's just a little bit too tough. You can be a lot more selective on a big slate like this. So I'm going to uh, look at a couple of the bigs for Orlando and probably uh, take a hard pass on Atlanta, which everybody loves to, to – uh, to get Trey on there. So I would not be surprised whatsoever uh, if that's the case. Okay, the third 705 game is the Charlotte Hornets, the Detroit Pistons. Detroit is minus three. Over under, believe it or not, is 205 and a half. Now that is dirt low. That might be the lowest. I, I think 206 is the lowest I've seen thus far this season. So you've only got a 104 and a half implied for Detroit. 101 and a half for Charlotte. So 
very bizarre how low this one is. We know Detroit is somewhat in, I don't know if you want to call it shambles or rebuild or whatever, but you look at what they're putting out there. I mean, they traded Drummond for nothing. I think one of the worst trades I've ever seen in my life. And I guess they just did it because they figured he was going to walk, but they didn't get anything, man. They got a couple of poor players in a second round or something. I, I just can't get over that. I mean, Drummond is a top, you know, five center in the league, in my opinion. Um, anyway, so Detroit doesn't have, uh, he's out. Rose is going to be out again. You know, Kennard's been out for a long time. So my goodness, they're, you know, they're just, and Svi even is out. So you have to, you know, you have to take a look at Reggie Jackson here. I mean, just from a flat usage standpoint, to me, you know, Reggie Jackson, Jackson and Christian Wood are both in play, even though it's a two of five and a half game. They just don't have anybody to really score. Now, they're playing some bizarre guys that, you know, don't play that much. They have the rookie, uh, Seku Dumbuyu, uh, that will get some minutes. Thon Maker will get some minutes. But, you know, for me, uh, even if it's GPP-wise, I am going to consider Christian Wood and definitely consider Reggie Jackson uh, in this matchup. Uh, on the Charlotte side, you know, they're, they're pretty much dominated by their two uh, guards. Uh, they, they do very well. Now, however, Bruce Brown is a great defender for, on the Detroit side, and he'll get some attention and, and ownership too. But I think he can really put the skids to uh, Devontae Graham. I think he'll slow him down, and there's no reason to pay up for him. I think the guy here, if I uh, did play any Hornet, uh, it would probably be Terry Rozier, just because he's going to draw uh, a lot less defensive presence, and he does get uh, very solid minutes, but certainly not a key game. Maybe uh, cherry pick one of those guards uh, with Rozier, uh, Reggie Jackson, or Christian Wood at the big. Okay, game four, 735, 7.30, I'm sorry. Minnesota Timberwolves, Toronto Raptors. Raptors, nine-and-a-half-point favorite, 2.30 total. Now we're talking. That is the number one highest total on the board. Uh, 120 implied for Toronto, which is massive. Uh, 110.5 for Minnesota. So certainly a game, especially if Lowry's out. Um, you know, this could be the key game for me, not just because it's the biggest total, but it, I think it deserves to be. If, if Lowry sits in a game like this, uh, I'm going to fire up my man Fred Van Vliet, and I also am going to spend up for Pascal Siakam. I think he's a stud. Uh, you know, if Rocco was still at Minnesota, I think, you know, he slows Siakam down a little bit. They don't have uh, anybody to do that right now. So I think, you know, you're going to see two pillars for me uh, being two Raptors if Lowry sits, and that would be Van Vliet and Siakam. Um, certainly can look at some of the other guys here because Toronto does have a few people out. So there are, you know, Terrence Davis has proven that he deserves to, be, to you know, get some ownership for sure. Uh, you can always go to... Uh, Abaka, because you know he'll be matching up against Cat, and Cat is not a strong defender. So it could be, you know, you could really ride this 120 implied total and, and make sense of it and load up on some Raptors uh, without question. On the Minnesota side, it, you know, we don't know if D'Angelo Russell's going to play or not. That changes everything. Um, you know, like I said, Toronto's interior defense and the way Ibaka defends and then even Boucher off the bench, how he defends, I think that uh, that could stymie Cat just enough to not pay that huge uh, price, salary price for him. However, if D'Angelo does not play, it's the usage numbers for him are just off the charts. Um so, you know, and for me, the other guys from Minnesota are all second flight players on a slate like this that I don't think need to be uh, dialed up. So uh, for me, it's Raptors City and uh, keep an eye on the D'Angelo Russell news for Minnesota. 
Okay, we go to sip number two for the Hawaiian Isles. Kona coffee here before my voice goes. Thank you. <clears throat> and our listeners know this is unusual for me. I've done an hour and 40-minute show with Apatria before and never had to take a swig of water or anything. That's usually not an issue, but this bug, whatever it is, has me pretty damn good. All right. Um, the first 8 o'clock Eastern game, actually the only 8 o'clock Eastern game, is the Sacramento Kings at the Milwaukee Bucks. We know that Giannis is questionable here. Even with that tag, Vegas has Milwaukee a double-digit uh, favorite, 10 points. Over under 228, which is uh, third highest. We have a 230, 229, and 228. Uh, good number, implied 119, second highest implied on the board. Uh, no, actually third, I'm sorry. Um, and that is uh, for the Bucks and 109 for the Kings. So interesting, you know, this is a tough game. You know, it all depends on the honest news. It's impossible for me to give you a recommendation without that news. If Giannis plays and is not on a limits minutes restriction, then I think Giannis probably going to, you know, be the highest owned guy on the slate um, and would deservedly uh, so be that role against Sacramento. Um, if he doesn't, um, I think Middleton has just, consistently shown now that he's a stud and he's playing terrific he plays terrific even if Giannis is is ruled in so it's not one of those where if you roster Middleton and we still don't have news at lock with Giannis and Giannis ends up getting ruled in you know you don't have to you know throw the remote across the room because uh it doesn't crush Middleton because he can still do really well with Giannis playing so he's a he's a good play tonight against the Kings there's no question they do not defend that possession position well and he has been on a really good hot streak uh I would I would consider him uh other than that though Milwaukee I mean I'm not Lopez is hit or miss but not on a big card like this Bledsoe can also have some solid games um, certainly Fox is not a great defender. So, you know, if Giannis is out, Bledsoe becomes very in play. Uh, but when Giannis is playing and Middleton's hot like this, I, I don't tend to go to Bledsoe because he can throw and, uh, you know, lay an egg with a 16, 17 point fantasy game for you. And, and that, that stings on the Sacramento side. Not too crazy about their squad right now. I really not against, especially against the number one rated uh, defense in Milwaukee. Uh, De'Aaron Fox would be the only spot to go for me. I'll just cut to the chase there. I mean, he has put up some really good games of late. He's had, he's strung some high 40s, low 50s fantasy points games together. And I think he's certainly in play. Uh, you know, his salary is not that bad considering his usage right now. And by the way, that's the other thing we're going to do tomorrow. Instead of pace and team uh, defensive efficiency, we're going to go over uh, usage uh, as by the top players. So you get an idea of who's really dominating the ball for their teams. I think you'll be surprised when you hear some of that top 10 or 15 people. Uh, we'll do that along with going with a defensive positionality rankings uh, also. All right. Um, so for me, that's really it for this game. I, I think just, you know, it's a news game based on Giannis, certainly a couple of options and, you know, a, a nice over under here where, you know, you, you could pull out a, a couple of guys that could really, really help you. All right. We have an 830, uh, 830 game of Utah Jazz at the Dallas Mavericks. Utah's a one and a half point road favorite. And the over-under is only 217.5, 109.5 implied for Utah, 108 for Dallas. Luka is not going to play. Uh, I read this morning that he may play on Wednesday uh, and is probable for the All-Star weekend, but it does not look like he's going to lace them up uh, against Utah this evening. Uh, but definitely keep an eye out for that news. It has not been released yet, but that's what I've read. So... Um, and this, and Dallas would be a favorite in this game if he was playing. So Vegas knows their, always knows their stuff. Um, 
you know, th- this is a tough one. Uh, Utah is coming off that crazy uh, game last night where Bogdanovich hit uh, a long three sandwich between two guys to win at the buzzer against Houston. That was really a fun game to watch. Uh, and then they had a jump on a plane. And, you know, so they're definitely, uh, you know, there's an advantage there for Dallas, um, you know, the, with that travel and everything from the Utah side. But we know, we all know that without Luka, Dallas is not the same squad by any stretch. But a uh, couple of things, you know, you can look at in this game. I think um, Gobert usually just destroys Dallas in the paint, so he's in play. Um, you know, he played that Mighty Mites Houston team with 6-4 uh, Tucker and everything, and they really didn't give him the ball that much. It was very bizarre. I, I couldn't believe it, really. Obviously, as you can tell, I rostered Gobert last night and was, you know, he was he did fine. I think it was like 17, 12 rebounds, something like that. But, my God, it just, it was crazy. You know, half the time he, it was Tucker guarding him. There were a bunch of times Westbrook was on him. I mean, you got to do that big. Get your ass to the block and get him the ball. The guy's 7-1. You know, how hard is it to shoot over somebody that you're, you know, that'd be like me playing not posting up a guy guarding me that was five foot two. I mean, I'm going right square to the block and I'm going to either get fouled or score or both every time down. So not sure why they don't do that. You know, everybody doesn't do that against Houston, but they, you know, it, it hasn't been happening yet. Um, anyway, Gobert, I think, you know, it, you just never know with Carlisle and his rotation. He is uh, an impossible. I mean, he and Pop are the two toughest guys in the league bar none to figure out DFS against. Let's just face it. They throw wrenches into it all the time. I mean, you know, there's rumors that were uh, the Mavs are about uh, to to go out and, and, you know, try to sign a free agent uh, to bring in for defensive purposes. And they're talking about, uh, you know, waving a guy or two. And the, and the two guys that they're talking about uh, waving – both played a lot of minutes in this last game. Uh, so you tell me uh, how it makes any sense, uh, you know, what they're doing there. So I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure what to say as far as are they going to play Willie Cauley-Stein enough to roster him. Uh, he did play a lot in this last game. They are probably going to need him against Gobert. So for GPPs, Cauley-Stein could be very sneaky. Uh, I love the Jalen Brunson play uh, with Luca out pretty much almost every game. Uh, Connolly's not the defender he used to be either, so it, it does ratchet, uh, um, you know, uh, Brunson's stock up a little bit. But again, Carlisle, you know, every like fifth, sixth, or seventh game, out of nowhere, he plays JJ Barea for thirty minutes, uh, and you're blindsided. So. You know, yes, Brunson, I think, is a, is a pretty safe play, and I think he'll, he'll do well in this game. Uh, Tim Hardaway's also been shooting the ball really well. I think uh, deserves to be in play. And Chris Stapps, uh, if he's going to play with a mask with that broken nose, we will see, uh, certainly uh, has a massive uh, usage jump with Luca out. So follow the news on this one. Uh, let's see if we can find some starting lineups. Let's see if we can uh, get some more news on Porzingis. Um, other than Gobert, though, I- I'm not going to go with the other Utah guys. I just don't think I need to push it for Mitchell or Conley or Bogdanovich. Uh, just with the travel, the back-to-back, um, you know, and Dallas does have some guys that are locked down kind of guys like Finney Smith and, and Wright. Uh, so that's it for me on that game. It definitely needs to be looked at and, uh, we need to news on that one to determine exactly what we want to do. Okay. We have three games left on the board. So this will be a, a great time to re-mention my bookie.ag. Go to that website, sign up, put in the promo code today, T O D A Y. And they will match half of your first deposit. You can do like I did and just mess around a little bit and throw 50 bucks. 
and get 25 free bucks, which is way better than a sharp stick in the eye. And then, uh, you know, hit a little NBA parlay, boom, cash out, uh, money comes uh, to PayPal, boom, done. So it's great stuff, man. Do it. Uh, you'll love it, especially if you play NBA and want to take a few shots. Uh, again, that's mybookie.ag. Uh, also, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Appreciate their support and for getting me through this show. Um, you can also go on Twitter to at HoopBallGaming. That's uh, G-A-M-I-N-G at the end, HoopBallGaming. And there's a lot of things posted up there, contests, a lot of things going on between HoopBall and uh, my bookie. So you want to follow those guys uh, for sure. Um, remember also that... Uh, uh, you can listen to our show seven days a week, as as I stated earlier in the in the show, and you can catch us everywhere podcasts are heard: iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube. Anywhere you're going to find us, just search NBA Today. We're going to come up. Hoop All NBA uh, Today. We're going to come up. Um, you know, all we ask, and this is the only time we ask anything during the show, is that you take that you know 20, 30 seconds after you've listened to the show or, you know, as your day's going and you rate review, subscribe, click the alarm on there. So, you know, when our, our stuff posts and please put up the five stars for us, maybe a couple of words, comments that really helps us move up the rankings uh, and really makes our sponsors happy. So any likes, positive reviews, thumbs ups, five stars, are all super, super appreciated by our entire hoop ball team. Um, and again, like I say, go to hoop-ball.com during the day. Listen, uh, you can uh, look up uh, DFS threads under the forum section, see our information throughout the day. You can look up our four pros on Twitter that I had mentioned earlier. Um, and we're going to be posting things throughout the day as well. So, Okay. Nine o'clock game, San Antonio Spurs, Denver Nuggets. Denver minus seven, <clears throat> 215 total, 111.5 for Denver, 104.5 for San Antonio. Interesting game. Uh, we know the Joker has been going ballistic lately. He had, has had some games in the 70s of fantasy points. Uh, it's just some out, outlandish things, but this is a low total. Spurs, you know, they do not guard the, the center position very well. Uh, however, uh, when they go against a lot of bigs like this, they've been playing Pirtle a lot more minutes. I'm not going to put Pirtle in there, but I know people have uh, played him when he's gone 7-8x uh, in this last week, week and a half. So uh, for me, though, it's the same two guys every game. And, and that's, you know, I love... DeRozan, he's been consistent and solid. Denver's a little shorthanded uh, with the injury, so DeRozan's in play. I always think LaMarcus Aldridge, it deserves a look uh, in a game like this. He's uh, His price isn't bad at all. It has gone up some, but he will be in a consideration there. Um, I don't like messing with that huge backcourt conglomeration of Murray and White and Mills and Forbes and on and on. So I'm not playing any of those guys, um, but I will definitely, uh, you know, take a look at, at the Joker. I mean, if Giannis doesn't play and I don't have to pay up there, uh, the Joker may be my next best option uh, because I think the Spurs being a seven point dog, it could go either way, you know, blowout or not. But uh, it seems like Denver's played some close games lately. They even got beat. So, you know, I think I don't think they'll get certainly blown out by the Spurs, but I think this could be a close enough game uh, that he gets a big run. Um, they're still shorthanded with guys like Plumlee out at the bigs. So, you know, I would I would start with with the Joker and uh, Jeremy Grant still be, is if, if he plays uh becomes playable with with Porter out. Uh, so again, this this is another one we have to watch the player news. I think it uh, you know grabbing uh, Jamal Murray and a and a Joker here would be really uh, nice. 
uh, or even if you can uh, follow it with uh, DeRozan on the other side. Now that's, you know, those three that would cost you a fine penny, but uh, maybe a sharp play in a game that's going to go overlooked with some of the other games having such high totals. All right, uh, there there are two late night sweat games that both go off at ten thirty. So we got a double double dip. Got to hit the uh, button on the remote to flip back and forth to these two games. Uh, if you're uh, sweating out the the slate, uh, interesting game. The first one is the Heat at the Warriors, and uh, the spread is only Heat by five and a half. I was a little surprised at that. Uh, with the shambles that the Warriors are right now. But we know Draymond got ruled in. Um, Very interesting. Uh, The total is 219. Miami a 112.5 implied in the Warriors a 107. You know, for the Warriors side, for me anyway, uh, you know, I think that Damian Lee is proving that he, he really can play. I like. Uh, I also think that uh, Eric Pascal deserves some attention here. <coughs> Excuse me. Almost made it through without a cough <coughs> and a sip of coffee. Sorry, guys. All right. Um, you know, uh, Draymond is he in play? You know, I don't really like any of the Warriors very much here. The Heat are a good defensive team. But, you know, it is a fairly close uh, line here. So I think you definitely have to consider some of the Warriors as potential plays based, just based on usage. Um, certainly in GPPs, if you, if you choose the right guy or two, like a Marquise Chris, for example, or, you know, a Kai Bowman or somebody you think is going to step up and have a, a really good game, uh, you, you may want to look there. Um, on the Miami side, uh, we need news, uh, and you know this being a late game, I don't know if we'll have it, but we know that uh, Butler did not play in the last game, and neither did Hero, and that opened things up uh, quite a bit for uh, Dragic, who had a terrific game. Duncan Robinson did pretty well, and and Kendrick Nunn uh, got it going in the second half. Uh, certainly, Bam is always in play. Uh, he is an all-star for a reason. He's a stud. Uh, he definitely is in play against that Warriors interior. Um, I wouldn't say a, a pillar play, but a play that I like uh, for sure. Um, so, you know, I'm more interested on the Heat side, especially if we continue to have um, uh, injury news. And I also know that the Heat don't like to push Dragic on back-to-back. So if those other guys are still out in Butler and Hero, uh, you know, I look more towards Nunn and Robinson here because they're both young rookie guys or, you know, barely second-year guys. No, I think they're both – no, Duncan Robinson's a second-year. Uh, Nunn's the rookie. But they um, they both may get an additional run uh, if they are shorthanded. So you got to look at him, them and uh, Bam, in my opinion. Uh, Warriors, let's take a wait and see. Uh, I, I'm not a Draymond guy, uh, even though he will throw up those cheap, cheapy triple doubles with 11, 10, and 10 kind of things. But, you know, that's not a big deal in fantasy anymore. And DFS, man, you know, you, you got to have average the 30-point triple doubles like Luka or the 40-point triple doubles like Harden to to really make a big impact. It's crazy how, how it's gone, but... Uh, that's sort of the NBA that we live in now. It's all threes and and uh, and go. So, uh, all right, last game on the slate: Phoenix Suns at the LA Lakers. Uh, definitely the biggest concern of a blowout. The biggest spread on the board: twelve and a half for the Lakers, two twenty nine, which is this the second highest total uh, behind Minnesota Toronto, one twenty one is the number one implied total on the slate for the Lakers, 108.5 for Phoenix. So how do you figure this game out? Uh, we expect LeBron to play. We expect AD to play. Um, does it blow out? How much run do those guys get? I mean, this is one of those games where it just makes you nervous wreck because, 
you know, you got two ends of it. And I've been on both ends this season already where I have LeBron or Davis and you're, you know, you're behind 40 points for the cash line, but you know, you have those guys coming and you feel great. And then boom, you, you catch it and, you, and it's awesome. But I've also been on, <clears throat> on the side where, you know, you're 40, 50 points out and you have maybe uh, LeBron and Rondo or LeBron and, and Caldwell Pope. And you're thinking, okay, I'm good. And then they're up 20 uh, and you see a shorter run in the second half and you don't get there. So it's not an easy thing to call here. Um, I think the Lakers do win this game. The Suns are not at 100%. Um, you know, the Aiton news is massive. Uh, if he doesn't play, I think the Lakers blow this game out. And I'm not going to, I'm going to try to steer clear of it and sweat out rooting against the guys instead of for them. If Aiton does play, I think that changes the outlook of the game. And then all of a sudden, you got guys where, you know, everybody in play. Maybe the pay up at that point instead of Giannis, especially if Giannis sits, or instead of the Joker, maybe you go with an AD or a LeBron here and bank it on the other side, uh, you know, with an Ubre or a Booker. Uh, but I don't particularly like Booker in this game as much just because I, I really respect Danny Green and Avery Bradley's defense, but Booker has done well uh, in the past against the Lakers. So there's tons of guys in play in this game. To me, it all revolves around Aiton because I think he's the reason why the game could stay close. I'm not interested in some of the secondary guys in a, in a nine-game slate. You do not need to play, uh, you know, the Mikhail Bridges and the, uh, you know, uh, really, even Rondos, McGee's, I, you know, I just don't think those guys are necessary here. So, uh, really, in essence, what it comes down to on this nine-game slate is we need that player news to determine where we're going to pay up. There's already plenty of value out there, and we know some more will open up. Uh, and this is one of those. I love. This is I absolutely love slates, as you guys know. Anything over eight games which this is nine, so it's perfect. I love 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, when there was 14 games. The more, the better. And I know that's opposite to like everybody in the industry, but I feel like the knowledge that we have in, in these games and the trends and the coaches gives us a bigger edge when there's more to decide from. I mean, it's it's not brain surgery when it's a three-game slate, uh, you know, with a Harden or a you know, Giannis on it. I mean, everybody's going to have the same thing. And then you're just looking for the, the couple of guys uh, that are going to make your, your, uh, your entire lineup different. But on a, on a, a slate like this with fairly close spreads across the board, only two double digit spreads, uh, everybody's going to have pretty low ownership. Really. There's nobody, uh, you know, like last night, for example, on DraftKings, Embiid was mispriced at 8,200. I, I don't know who hit the wrong button there, but uh, you know, you can find maybe one-offs like that that are errors, but in, in slates like this, when you get these biggest slates with competitive games, you don't really have to stress the, the ownership at all. Uh, not like in anything else where you want to pivot or do this or do that. You can really build the team that you like the best and that can take some stuff down. So that is it. I made it through <clears throat> Only one cough throughout the show, so I feel good about that, man. Um, very excited. I, what, before I, I sign off here, let me tell you again the Twitter handles for our DFS pros. I'm at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. We have at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. That's Mike. And then we have Andrew at L-A-N-G-U-A-G-E-O-L-Y-M-P-I-C, Language Olympic. And Miles at M-Y-L-E-S-6565. Those are the guys that you want to follow and listen to and watch them on Twitter and, uh, and chat from there. So please give me some feedback on this. Let me know if you like my new segments. Uh, tomorrow we'll do phase two of the new segments. Uh, with those other uh, defensive positionality and usage uh, numbers. 
and see if that helps you guys take some stuff down. So please shout us out. You know, we'd love to hear uh, when you have a win, a winning night, uh, you know, a winning GPP, you know, a big head to head you took down. <clears throat> we, you know, not to puff ourselves up. We just love to show, uh, you know, show you guys off that are listening, taking the time, building the lineups right. Uh, you know, not just counting on some optimizer and you're actually hand building and figuring out uh, how you're going to be successful. We'd love to shout that out and push that out there uh, in the Twitter sphere to, uh, to give everybody props. So I look forward uh, to hearing from everybody. So that is it. Uh, we are done. And we uh, hope you guys really enjoyed tonight's card. Uh, and I want to thank you again for joining me for this episode of Hoopball NBA DFS today. For Mike Apatria, Andrew Hansen, Miles Hartley, I am Coach. We will look to catch you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.